You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked on Mets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on Mets. On today's show, I want to continue to explore the trade market for Francisco Lindor, and I want to focus today on the other teams around baseball. Who is going to be interested in trading for the Indian Superstar shortstop? I have narrowed this list down. The first half of the show, I will talk about the teams that likely won't go after him. And then in the second half of the show, I'll get into the Mets' real competition if they want to swing a blockbuster deal for the four-time All-Star. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, Follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsMorizedOnline.com. And if you want to read, I did write an article about this very topic that went up on Sunday, basically going through each team here and who would want Francisco Lindor. And at the top of the article, one of the main things I highlight is that a team trading for Lindor has to meet a very specific criteria. They need to want to upgrade at shortstop. There has to be that desire to win now. And they need the financial flexibility to sign him long term. Now there could be some teams that will trade for Lindor as a rental. But it's more likely that a deal like that would happen at the trade deadline. I don't think that's something that's going to happen in the offseason. I think the Indians are going to be holding out for a package more suited to a team that is planning to keep Lindor in tow for years to come. So I think that really narrows the field. Starting off, let's look at the teams that already have shortstops in place. The Padres have Fernando Tatis Jr. The Dodgers have the NLCS MVP, Corey Seager. The Nationals have Trey Turner. The White Sox have Tim Anderson. The Rays, who are also in the World Series right now, have Willie Adamas. Is Lindor an upgrade? Yes, but Adamas is a really good defender who's under control for some time, and they are not the team that's going to give Lindor the $300 million contract, so that takes them off the list. You have Trevor Story with the Rockies, another player that is maybe on the block, honestly. He's getting to that point where the Rockies have to decide if they want to sign him to an extension, but they're not going to just trade one scenario for another to get Lindor, so that takes the Rockies off the market. The Blue Jays honestly have various guys to play shortstop, but Bo Bichette is the incumbent. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. does have a background as a shortstop. I think Kevin Biggio can play shortstop. My point is they have a ton of guys in-house. No need to trade for a shortstop. And again, Bichette is really good. Hasn't really gotten a ton of playing time yet because he came up, had his you know, short rookie year in 2019. This was supposed to be his full season. He got hurt. So he hasn't really had 
the long stretch yet, but what we've seen so far, Bobachet's outstanding. Moving on from there, Xander Bogarts has been signed to an extension with the Red Sox, so they don't need anyone. Carlos Correa with the Astros, he's coming up soon as well, but Houston might want to keep him. Again, why would you trade for a different shortstop under similar terms? And then you have Javier Baez, exact same situation with the Cubs. So right there, you take all those teams off. Then you have the Atlanta Braves, and they would maybe see Lindor. Well, they would see Lindor as an upgrade over Dansby Swanson. But is he enough of an upgrade when you have Swanson under control for another year? And when Swanson is more likely to sign an extension in the Braves ballpark as opposed to Lindor, who's going to want more than they can probably pay him. From there, you have Glaber Torres in New York as the other shortstop that doesn't necessarily need to be upgraded from. You look at the Yankees and they could make this move. I wouldn't count them out entirely. If they wanted to move on from DJ LeMahieu, if they thought that LeMahieu, who just won a bag title for them, was going to get some crazy money in free agency they weren't willing to spend, they could make this move now, give the money to Lindor instead, slide Torres over to second, but I just don't see that. There's already been talks about them not wanting to spend that much this offseason. Lindor is going to make probably $20 million through arbitration. And if you think about the future deals between Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton and a combined $506 million over the next decade that they had to spend, as well as Aaron Judge doing an extension, the Yankees aren't going to do this deal either. So with all that, you can take a dozen suitors for Lindor off your list right now who will not be trading for him. Then you go a little bit further. Let's look at the rebuilding teams. Seattle Mariners, the Texas Rangers, the Baltimore Orioles, the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't think any of those teams are making a move to trade for Lindor because he's not a finishing piece for them. So why give up prospects to get him now and then sign him to a contract and build around him? Also, what are the chances Lindor wants to go to one of those teams and sign that contract? That's not happening. So now we're down to 10 teams who could be in the market for Francisco Lindor, and that is how this stands out very quickly. The next team to look at is the Phillies. Could they use an upgrade over Gene Segura, Didi Gregorius, who's a free agent also? Obviously, they could use a shortstop, but are they really going to go this route? Likely not when you have John Middleton, their owner, talking about not being able to afford JT Real Muto in free agency unless they know they're going to have fans in the ballpark. I don't see them spending for him long term, especially with Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler still under contracts. Aaron Nola likely to come up soon. That's not happening either. Further down the list, you have the Twins, the Marlins, the Brewers, and the Athletics. These were all playoff teams this year, but none of them are going to be giving Lindor the $300 million contract. Now, a team like Oakland could trade for Lindor at the deadline. They've made those deals in the past if they think their team is in position to make a run, but they're not going to make that move in the offseason. And the Twins, I don't think they would either. The Marlins, you know they're not going to. They're still kind of in a state of rebuilding, even though they made the playoffs. And the Brewers just signed Yelich 
to a huge contract. Finally, you have the Cincinnati Reds. Now, they make some sense as a trade target for Lindor. They have a clear need. Freddie Galvez was playing shortstop for them this year. But the question is, do they want Lindor or do they want to retain Trevor Bauer? Also, are they really willing to give up prospects and also sign him to that monster deal? I just don't see that in the cards for the Reds. I feel like they're building their team out pretty organically. They made some smart little signings this past offseason with Mike Moustakis and Castellanos. I don't think they're getting into the bidding here for a player like Lindor who would change them entirely, but a player who they don't know for sure is going to sign with them and they just can't risk losing him and giving up assets when they are starting to turn the corner. With all that being said, we are now down to a final four in the hypothetical Lindor sweepstakes. The Mets are obviously one of those teams. I will talk about the other three when we get back in just a minute. Built Bar is back, and they are more delicious than ever. They're now offering 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors. The Caramel Brownie Bar, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and the Apple Almond Crisp. These really are protein bars that taste like candy bars. Come and covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they are healthy too. Coming low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. If you want to try Built Bar today, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So including the Mets, the final four teams that could make a run at Lindor this offseason, by my estimation, it is the San Francisco Giants, St. Louis Cardinals, the Los Angeles Angels, and then again, the Mets. Now, this trade makes sense for all these teams for different circumstances. And I'll start with the Giants. San Francisco has paid in the past. Remember, they gave out big contracts to Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samarjo when they were trying to win recently. They acquired the money on Evan Longoria's deal. They gave out a big contract to Buster Posey and pretty sizable extensions to Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford. This is a team that has spent in the past. And let's not forget, when the Marlins had Giancarlo Stan on the market, they were interested. I think they even consummated a trade, but with his no-trade clause, Stan ended up vetoing that. So, this is a team that would trade for Lindor and sign him to that extension. That is clear to me. They would want him. They would turn their franchise into Lindor's team. He'd be the new face of the franchise. And they still have that aging core around him that the Giants could be competitive with Lindor over the next two to three years. And then Posey's money comes off the book. Cueto's money comes off the book. Belt, Crawford, Longoria. All of those contracts will come off the books. And then Lindor is the one guy who's your high-priced player you're building around. Yastrzemski had a great year for them. Donovan Solano had a very good year for them. Wilmer Flores had a good year for them. 
they got some talent. They need probably to get some more pitching and to fill out their roster. But if you add Lindor to what they have, maybe they could be competitive next year. And they're always trying to win. Now, a trade idea I floated in this article that you can find on Metsmerize was a package that centers around Brandon Crawford and a lot of top prospects. Essentially, because the Indians want to compete, they're not a team that is trying to rebuild. They're just trying to retool. They could see Crawford as an enticing one-year stopgap at shortstop. This is a guy that's won multiple gold gloves. Still a very good player. Not a Lindor, but a solid major league starting shortstop. And then, you know, three top prospects, right? So Crawford would be not necessarily a positive asset they'd be absorbing, kind of a neutral one. The Giants would be getting off $15 million and then taking on Lindor's money. Meanwhile, of course, they're going to have to give the prospects to make that trade work. So that is something that I think the Indians would be interested in for both their short-term and long-term goals. And obviously, the Giants would be getting a superstar. You go to the Cardinals. Paul DeYoung is their incumbent shortstop. He was an all-star in 2019, but you look at his numbers. Still not the best year, honestly. And really, just in general, this is nowhere near the player that Lindor is. So obviously, the Cardinals could make an upgrade here. Maybe DeYoung would go back in the deal. Who knows? But overall, you could see this as a trade that the St. Louis Cardinals would make. They've done it time and again in the past. Get a superstar or star type player who's about to hit free agency. We'll maximize him as a rental. And maybe if it fits and it works for us, we'll end up coming to terms on a contract. So Matt Holliday and Paul Goldschmidt are two examples of guys they traded for as rentals. And then they ultimately turned them in to long-term players. Goldschmidt got an extension before he even started playing for them, if I remember correctly. They traded for him and then extended him. Matt Holiday, I think he was a rental prior to his free agency. I remember the Mets choosing Jason Bay over Matt Holiday. It killed me at the time, and then watching years since, uh, that, was, that was one that hurt. And if you actually go back down in the archives of this podcast, uh, I did a whole show on this back during the quarantine times uh, in between the stop of the season and the start of the season. So I'm sure if you look up Matt Holiday locked on Mets, you'll find that. But back to this trade uh, or this team with the Cardinals, they've done this with those two examples. Jason Hayward, they traded from the Braves, got him for a year. He was outstanding, ends up getting the big deal with the Cubs in free agency. Marcelo Zuna was a two-year rental. They didn't ultimately sign him because of some injury concerns, and he went to Atlanta and had a big year this season. But overall, this is the type of move they would make. They always have the prospects to get any deal done. So I could see this working out for them, and I could see them making a compelling offer, even as a rental, and then, like I said, seeing what happens, seeing if it makes sense, if it's feasible, to keep them for the next decade. So they're a team you always have to look out for. And I mentioned when Stanton was on the market in the past with the Giants, the Cardinals were another team that was in on the bidding, trying to get the then reigning MVP. So that is another team to look out for. Finally, the Angels. Anytime when you have Mike Trout, I don't care how bad you've been, 
and they haven't made the playoffs since 2014, you're trying to contend. It's that simple. Last offseason, they give $245 million to Anthony Rendon. They always seem to have the money to make these types of trades. I was actually shocked. I don't know how I was on Matt Harvey's Spo track, but I saw that Matt Harvey got $11 million from the Angels in, what was it, 19, 2019? Crazy that they paid him that much. But overall, the Angels are a team that will spend, so assigning him to an extension is clearly something they'd be interested in. Andleton Simmons has been their shortstop, but he's about to hit free agency. That clears up $15 million on their books, especially if they don't sign him. There's a need for a shortstop. They're also just a year away from Albert Pujols probably retiring and being done with that long mega deal. He's been getting paid around $30 million a year. So long-term, they have the Mike Trout money, the Rendon money, and nothing else of note, really. So this could be a trade and an extension they'd be interested in. I don't know what they have in their farm system. Haven't been studying the Angels like that. But they're a team that I could see just deciding, you know what, we want them. And basically saying, whatever you want, let us know, we'll give it to you. So that's the team I think is most likely to overpay for Francisco Lindor. And then you have the Mets. I think if you just look at the criteria I've outlined, desire to win now, ability to sign him long-term, trade package that would entice them, and also the need to upgrade, the Mets really do fit the billing more than any team in baseball. They have the shortstops that they can send back to the Indians that will replace Lindor. And if you remember last winter meetings, the Mets and Indians talked about a trade that would send Rosario in a swap for Lindor with a couple top prospects going to Cleveland. They couldn't come to terms on the prospects, but I could see something like that happening. I'm going to keep talking about this trade because I think it's fascinating. So tune in throughout the rest of the week. Maybe I'll get some guests on to talk this out with them as well, get some more voices on this. But overall, it makes a lot of sense for the Mets to trade for Francisco Lindor. And with a limited market of teams that would be interested, you might have the leverage to get the Indians to accept a trade on your terms. I'll talk about this more, as I said, throughout the week. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. You can also tell your smart device. Play Podcast Locked on Mets.